What's up, everybody, and welcome to PPR Podcast number 118. This will be the week three recap and week four preview show. As always, I'm Chase. That's Bo. Yes, Bo, I am. Three weeks in now, everyone's starting to get into the groove here. Yeah. But really, some great games from week three. This is where we start to learn a little bit about the teams, a little bit about the players, but... We also saw Modern Day go 0-4 last year and win the state championship. So you never know in the end, but it's been a great three weeks so far. Yeah, absolutely nothing is decided as of yet. Right. But like I think we wanted to see, and what we've said so far is, what is this St. Augustine team? Yeah. And we saw it week one with Patrick Henry. It was like, okay, they can put up a big score. We saw it against Poway. We're like, okay, they could play against D1. Yeah. And then the big test was against Granite Hills. And for them to lose their starting quarterback in Brady Palmer, and really take a risk going for the Wildcat offense. That's, you know, maybe that's not what they wanted to do. Maybe that's not even what Granite Hills wanted to do because now they have to, you know, game plan completely different. But as a spectacle, that's what I wanted to see. How do you match up physically and athletically against that Granite Hills defense? Yeah. And they did. And they had the lead. And if it wasn't for a game-winning drive by Zach Benitez, and they almost tying the game to send it to OT on the, on the field goal that just went wide right, I mean, that is the type of performance I wanted to see from St. Augustine. Obviously, an upset would have been even better. Yeah. But they are legitimate contenders, maybe not open, but probably in the D1, they are going to give people fits come playoff time. They play in the Western League, so you have to play a physical ball. And it was a physical, tough game. Moral victories are tough to say in sports, but I would say that's a moral victory for St. Augustine because they played against a really good open division team, uh, previous state champion from last year, and they played without their best player in Brady Palmer. But they have two running backs to rely on, Patrick Patterson and a freshman in Willie Flores who played exceptionally well, who's played exceptionally well through the first three weeks. One of the freshmen that have definitely stood out at the beginning of the season. And their defensive side as well, when you talk about sophomores, Bronx, Latuli, Gasanoa, and Vic Trollinger, these guys are leading the defense as sophomores. So in two years, this is going to be the team we're going to be talking about in the open as long as everyone stays. But for now, they are learning a lot about each other. We talk about how to win close games, right? When you're a young team, you just don't know how to get over that hump. Granite Hills, more experienced. They know how to win those close games. And St. Augustine is starting to learn how to do that early in the season. And you want to talk about being physical. Someone get Willie Flores an ice pack. Yeah. <laughs> because he was put in the horrible decision of, we're going to run the Wildcat, and you have the job of going right up the middle against a stacked box of Granite right. Hills. Right. That guy took hits like no other. If you want to see it, go look at the raw video on our YouTube page. Someone get Willie Flores an ice pack, but he was incredible. <laughs> on top of also freshman, Honor Falave Johnson, 126 yards yeah. and a touchdown. Flores had 139 and a touchdown. We talked about the freshmen last year. Now they're sophomores. They're the more experienced in the group. But now the next level of freshmen are coming through. What they're building at St. Augustine, it's so surprising to see the success this early against this caliber of team. That said... You know, Granite Hills is going to run into times where they're going to be pushed up against the wall. Yeah. And they did what they needed to do. A game-winning drive. A win drive, is a win. A win yeah. is a win. That's all that matters. Yeah. And St. Augustine almost stopped them on that goal line, which something we see is Granite Hills' wildcat offense when they put Maxwell Turner or Pablo back there. And they just walk right in because their yeah. goal line is so good. Saints bowed their neck. If it wasn't for a quick slant by Maxwell that Benitez hit on the touchdown, yeah. they might have stopped them and won the game. I mean, phenomenal performance from both of them. At the end of it, it's a great win for Granite Hills because they need to basically run the table if they have open aspirations. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal game so far. Great confidence booster for Benitez, though, as Absolutely. a freshman, right? Winning those close contests. Like, those are the games that are going to 
prove vital down the road when the games are tight. Because when you play against those top-tier teams, you're going to have to pull out a win at the end, whether it be on the offensive side or defensive side. Absolutely. Where does that leave you? I guess if we just get into some open division talk, where does yeah. that kind of leave you? Because you know, there's so much calculations that are going to need to happen, and so of many course. of these games are going to need to be played. But if you just take it into your own account of who would you want to see in the open right now, who are your four? Top tier, Carlsbad Lincoln. 1A, 1B, however you want to slice or dice, it doesn't really matter. But those are the top tier teams, and there's a drop-off after that. And I go 3, 4, 5, 6. Granite. Cathedral, Helix, Madison. And it's going to be great because over those next three weeks, we're going to start seeing teams separate themselves, right? Granite in three weeks, Madison, and then Helix. Cathedral in two weeks, Helix, then the Western League, Lincoln Saints Cathedral, or Lincoln Madison Saints. Uh, Helix has Madison, then Cathedral. Madison has Helix by week. Granite Hills Lincoln. So I love to see this, that all these teams control their own destiny. We saw teams last year. I look at Granite Hills and they really need to win those games against Madison and Helix. We yeah. saw that last year with Helix. They had to win that game against uh, Granite Hills. They didn't pull it out. So they dropped to division one. So it's nice to see these teams in those positions that really carry their own destiny. I think that's what's so awesome about it is that they're all going to match up against each yeah. other. The scheduling of the season has been phenomenal. I can't wait to see where they go. I agree right now, Carlsbad and Lincoln are the 1A, 1B, whichever right. way you want to split it. I'm still fighting every single day of who I think is better. I mean, it flip-flops every day for yeah. me. Uh, but those teams, if I had to go right now, who would I would want to see? I want to see Granite in there. I really do. They're 3-0. I, I, I love yeah. their defense. I love the offense attack they have. You know, maybe there's question marks about having a freshman going against open division teams, yeah. but I want to see what he's capable of. Um, I'm kind of flipping between Helix and Cathedral for that four yeah. spot. I think Helix, if you were starting it today, I think I would want to see them in there. I think they've been phenomenal to start the season, mm -hmm. and it's going to be beautiful when that Granite-Helix matchup comes around. Right. That's going to be a phenomenal game that might decide the open division um, who gets that It was the best spot. game last year. It was. It really was. Quadruple overtime at the end, so... That was a good one. Yeah, but uh, as for right now, that's probably where we're sitting around for open division. A lot to be played out, and we'll see in the upcoming weeks. Right. Another phenomenal game, the game we were probably looking forward to the most, was El Cap versus La Jolla. El Cap coming back from being down to beat La Jolla. Obviously, La Jolla losing Jackson Deal was a big loss for them but and opened the door for El Cap. But, man, Brent Barker, Julian May playing phenomenal. I. That is such a chip-on-the-shoulder type of win for that LCAP mm -hmm. program. It seems like they're trying to get better and better every single year. The win totals keep rising, and they really are building something there in Lakeside. Ron Berner has been there for 18 seasons now. He's won state championships, or section championships, 9-3 and three and 8-3 and three in the last two seasons. So this team is used to winning. They're out of the Grossmont Valley League. Mount Miguel, LCAP and Valhalla, all teams scoring over 35 plus points. And when you look at their upcoming schedule, West Hills, Valhalla, and Mount Miguel in three of the four weeks. So we're gonna learn a lot about this LCAP team, but you talk about gaining some confidence, being down 21-0 early in the game and then come roaring back against a legit D2 team. Yeah, that was a huge confidence builder for that LCAP team. Absolutely, and you know, I, I think I still have um, confidence in Hudson Smith at quarterback for La Jolla. Yep. I liked what I've seen from him so mm -hmm. far. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a drop-off from Jackson Deal going to the sophomore, but I still think La Jolla is still phenomenal. This LCAP team, though, 
might be coming out as the favorites for D3 right now. For me, I'm looking at a group of probably like four teams in D3, mm -hmm. El Cap, Mission Bay, Fallbrook, yep. and Grossmont. Um, I'm really been surprised by the Foothillers. Um, I need to see more from them, and we'll touch on them a little bit later in the preview. But I think this El Cap team is really going to be the team to beat in D3. Jackson Deal makes that team go for La Jolla, but they have enough confidence in Hudson Smith where if Jackson isn't ready to go, they're going to hand the, they're going to give the reins to Hudson Smith. We we talk about another deal, Carson Deal, eight receptions, 124 yards, and at free safety had three picks on the night. So those Deal brothers are, are doing work at La Jolla. When I think about Division Three teams. Mission Bay is the early front runner in the City League, but then you have Scripps, Crawford, and Coronado in that City League. That's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be a one to keep an eye on. Charlie Hutchinson, 586 total yards on offense in his first season phenomenal. ever as a varsity quarterback. Ten total touchdowns, seven passing, three rushing. This team is averaging six yards per carry on the ground. So you talk about balance, which you love to see from a division, any team, to be honest. Yeah. And then the top target, David Dunn, eight receptions. The player's averaging this receiver 27 yards per grab. That's a nice mark. I don't know if he'll be able to keep that number up, but he's also added four touchdowns on the season as well. The win over University City really did propel them in that contender type of team for Division Three. They have Sioux High next and then La Jolla the following week. So we'll learn a little bit about Mission Bay in a couple weeks as well. Absolutely. And before we move on, I just want to say a huge shout out to Aaron Altamirano getting the PBU to win that game. Mm. You know, I, as a defensive player, I have a little love for that when it comes down to the end and that's where you make the stop to win it, yeah. there's no better feeling than that because you feel like you're on your heels when you're on defense and there's a game-winning drive. And to have it end like that, I love that for him. Yeah, Mission Bay also plays well on defense also. So you talk about a solid defense matched up with a legitimate offense, Mission Bay is going to be a team to watch out for in Division Three. Absolutely. So now we move on to the other big game, a rivalry game. Uh, Mount Carmel beating Westview, another mm. great, phenomenal game. Yeah. Mount Carmel scoring 15 points in the fourth quarter to beat their rivals. A huge win to the, for the Sun Devils to go to 3-0. and Axel Enriquez, 18 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Connor Bernanel getting the game-winning touchdown on top of his two-touchdown performance. And junior wide receiver Riley Veracruz, 6 for mm -hmm. 151. Yeah. This Mount Carmel offense, I don't think we can state it enough, man. They're, they're legit. There's about a handful of offensive coordinators that I would love to go play for, and Drew Wrestling is one of those guys. He's a D1 quarterback. He just understands offenses. Sun Devils are averaging 30 points per game right now. Sophomore quarterback Trevor Tomo Piao, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's a sophomore, just learning the game, but when you have an offensive coordinator like Wrestling, he grooms these quarterbacks so well, so you love to see that. The balance on offense, Axel Rodriguez, he's averaging 94, 95 yards per carry on the, or 94, 95 yards per game on the ground. And then you have top two targets. It's nice to have one top target, but when you can combine that with two targets, Banano leads the team with four touchdowns on the season or leads the receivers with four touchdowns on the season. And then Valacruz, 18 receptions, 284 yards and three touchdowns. So this offense can bring it. It's just whether the defense can really make a stop when it's needed. And they did against Westview. Absolutely. And um, honestly, 
I'm still big on Westview as well. Yeah. I like what I've seen. That quarterback, Mason Walsh, he's going to be something really good I agree. in this county, man. Uh, tough loss for them, obviously, when it comes down to the wire like that against the rival. But hopefully they bounce back. But right now, man, this D2 division wide is open wide open especially with the injury news deal we'll see what, how that plays mm -hmm. out but you have la jolla mount carmel rb getting another yep. huge win against point loma Big and then the pointers game. there as well yeah i mean this d2 um division is going to be one where we need to keep an eye on because as of right now i probably have la jolla up top i think that'll come down to the quarterback play yeah how it goes going forward but mount carmel i think is right there mount carmel two big road tests at scripts against a really good one-in-one -one Scripps team, and then at El Camino, which is always a tough place to play. And then they head into the Palomar League, the only league where all teams are above 500. So we talk about learning a lot about teams. Mount Carmel is in the driver's seat right now, currently undefeated, but they're going to be tested down the stretch. And it's, it's great to see from a quality team. And now we look at a, a good D5 matchup, Kearney against Southwest. Yeah. I mean... D5 always gets overlooked, but there's some surprisingly good teams out there right now. Kearney is the last team that remained undefeated in Division 5, and they were going against another undefeated team in Southwest. They beat them 24-13. According to Coach Stump, the head coach of Kearney, it all starts on the defensive side, and seniors Elijah Duffy and Chris Ramses led the way with double-digit tackles against Southwest. Junior quarterback Brody Stump leads the offense. 621 passing yards and nine total touchdowns, eight passing, one rushing, and he's doing it on the ground as well, averaging seven and a half yards per carry, 166 yards on the season. His top target, slot receiver, sophomore, Zayden Gravely. I haven't seen anyone yet with 23 receptions, so I'm saying he's leading the county, <laughs> and he's tacked on 273 receiving yards and three touchdowns as well. Yeah, Gravely's been off to a great start. So has Brody Stump. 621 yards, eight touchdowns, only one interception, yep. and then 166 yards on the ground in a touchdown. You know, we always look over those D5 teams because we have so much focus on who are the open guys, who yeah. are the D2 yeah. guys. But really, this competition is wide open. A team I'm always big on is this Army-Navy team right now. They're still playing phenomenal. Hoover, we've seen what that offense can do with Noriega and Autry. But also Valhalla slowly, you know, off to a great start. We know they have a great running back as well. I'm probably going to keep the same amount of eye on them as I do D2, yeah. honestly. There's, it's a wide open race, and I cannot wait to see just how it plays out later down when the line. When we talk about D1 and open teams, it comes down to defense. When I think of these D5 teams, it comes down to offense. For me, Kearney spreads it out. They love to throw the rock. You talk about a team. Well, I, you know, Hoover is actually more balanced, believe it or not. But yeah. it's still the offense that's going to carry them down the road. When we talk about D5, I see it coming down to the two city teams and Kearney and Hoover. And when we, when we talk about the Central League, I see those two teams at the top as well. And what's crazy is we look back at Army-Navy last year with all their shutouts. Mm -hmm. But in the playoffs, like you said, it did come down to the offense. Right. And it did come down to that being the breaking point. Well said. Yeah, that point. said, though, that Army-Navy team, if you're not prepared for them, you yeah. will get shut out. Right. You know, it, and obviously with Bull Balavu as well. He's just a wrecking ball. So I'm looking forward to see just how this plays out. I, if I had to pick probably a favor right now, I'm probably leaning towards Kearney. Yeah. But I, I know what Hoover's capable of. And at any day, they could put up 30 to 40 points on anybody. Yeah. But now we get into our previews for the next week's game of the week. We're going to start with the East County. Mount Miguel going up against Grossmont. We've talked about Saints figuring out, like, all right, 
who actually is this team? This yeah. is Grossmont's chance because nobody is flying as high as the Matadors right now. You're right about that. And I, I but at the same time, Grossmont, you know, a tough loss against Palo Verde, but nobody travels better than Palo Verde, right. in my opinion. Um, but Grossmont has a chance here to make their own statement. Mount Miguel's been the one making the statement so far this season. Grossmont has the chance to go out there and say, hey, we're actually on the rise too. It's not just a bounce back season. This is what we're building upon. Yeah. Can they hang with Mount Miguel? I don't know because nobody we, has yet. Because Mount Miguel's speed is just out of this world. Athleticism. It, it's it's so hard to contain with that, especially you know what we saw from Chula Vista. Chula Vista, great team, but it's just a different level when it came to Mount Miguel. I need to see that from Grossmont and see if they can hang in the game with them. Chula Vista and Montgomery, other than the East Lakes and the Modern Days, the best teams in the South Bay, and Mount Miguel outscored them 89 to nothing in two weeks. It wasn't even close. Offensively, defensively, special teams. That athleticism just jumps off the page. It jumps off the screen. We talk a lot about the players. It's also the coaching staff, right? Absolutely. We know about V, but Aaron Jones has been with Coach V along the way with his four state championships. And then you have assistant head coach TJ McKay, a D1 athlete. And then even the linebackers coach, Scott Catlin, right? This guy has coached at the JUCO level, and he's a linebackers coach. Normally you see a guy like that on a D4 team. He's a defensive coordinator, someone higher. But the fact that he's giving up his ego a little bit to help a team that has guys in those spots, it just proves that this coaching staff is not only the best in Division Four, but might be one of the best in all of the county. And I love the mindset they're building over there. It's they are in unison, not just with the coaching staff, but with the players, and that can lead you to whatever heights you yeah. want to reach. We talk about D4. For me, this is Mount Miguel's show no to doubt. run. No doubt. However, we got Santana and Westview. I'm still big on Westview. I think yeah. they, they are very capable. Santana off to a phenomenal start. But I need to see like a slip-up from Mount Miguel. I need to see them look Everyone's waiting average for against the people they're yeah. playing against because they're just not. They're, they're right. running through teams. And for me, D4 is going to come down to the Matadors. Three teams remaining in Division Four undefeated. That's Mount Miguel, Calexico, and Santana. Tim Estes has been at Santana for 10-plus years now. And their upcoming schedule, Fallbrook, El Cap, and Granite Hills. So we're going to learn a lot about that Santana team as well. Absolutely. Now we get to the game of the week, Helix against Madison. I was able to watch Madison uh, play in the Honor Bowl. Really just a frustrating game for the Warhawks. A game where nothing really went right, and they still found a way to put themselves in a chance to win that game. Obviously, they, they failed on the two-point conversion to not send it into overtime or a chance to send it into overtime. But I need to see more from the Warhawks because now it's the time to go. Now it's the time where you're going to face guys who will be your direct competition if you're going to want to get into the open yeah. or however you want to play it for the D1 as well. Helix has been off to a phenomenal start. We need to see how they go up against this Madison defense because my biggest takeaway, T-Val had a great game. Toy Lolo, great game as well. But, man, Martel Hughes is the real deal, man. Yep. He, on both sides of the ball, phenomenal on the offensive side, but he just flies at the ball, and I love that from a safety like that. When you talk about athletes, you think about guys like Martel Hughes. Both these teams, Helix and Madison, Great on the defensive side, but the separation for Helix, to me, is on the offensive side. They have a returning quarterback, a returning running back in Allen, and their quarterback is... Rylan Jesse. Thank you very much. And how can I not forget the... Uh, when I think of Jesse, I just I see the, the faux hawk, mohawk, and it just 
To be fair, it you probably forgot. You probably forgot about him because he got a buzz cut now. <laughs> it, it, the, uh, the, oh, the, does he? The mullet it was his signature. I, I'm, the buzz cut looks cleaner. Right. It might be a lot better for a right. senior year campaign. I agree, but the, I missed the mullet. I'm not gonna lie. Right. So, but that combination on offense really is the separator for me when they play against a team like Madison. But it is at Madison and Warhawk Nation. That's never an easy place to win. Absolutely. Um, I think. I think if I had to pick a favorite going into this one, it's going to be Helix, just based upon what I saw last game from Madison. Try not to overreact too much. Of course. It's one game, it was very sloppy, but they do need to pick it up a little bit offensively, in my opinion. They need to get a little bit more crisper. If they do, they are one of the hardest teams to beat, in my opinion. It's gonna defense be, is really yeah, good. It's going to be taking care of the ball. Yeah. Which team can take care of the ball best is going to win this one. I agree. And now we move on to the North County game of the week. Nick James will be heading all the way out to Ramona oh, as they sure take on the Poway Titans. Yeah, it's going to be a long trip home <laughs> for that one. Uh, but honestly, Ramona has been not talked about enough. No. They are off to a phenomenal start. Jamil Kasab has been balling out yep. every single game. He had another great catch. He did. Uh, Atticus Enriquez has been doing the job well as, w um, as well. But we can't sleep on this Poway team. It's so hard to still judge because, you know, bad taste in our mouth from last year, the way it ended. Yeah. Getting out to the start, it's like, all right, who are they? Then they had a bad loss. But now they had a huge win. So yeah. now it's this is another figure it out kind of game. Who are these two teams? And it's going to be a great matchup because they're both so physical in the trenches. Ramona runners up in D3. Following year runners up in D2. Losing to eventual state champions in both of those years. Bump up to D1 and are still succeeding. Coach Baldwin is doing an exceptional job with that program. We don't talk about them enough because they are north, north, east, east, right? They're way out of the county. But 3-0 to start the season in Division One. you got to love the storyline behind Ramona. And Poway, this is another great test for them. They had that test week against Saints. I know they're going to come out much better against this Ramona team this week. I think so, too. I'm, honestly, I don't know which way this one's going to go. I'm kind of in the dark still on it because this Poway team, it's like one week they look really, really good. Yeah. Next week it's like, okay, maybe a little bit lower than our expectations. But then they come right back and put on a great performance. This is going to be one that proves to me where exactly these two teams are. I think it's going to be very difficult to play in Ramona. I just think it always is. That, that yeah. town is awesome when it comes to high school football. Right. Um, I probably give the edge to Ramona just slightly in this one so far. But now we move on to the Jersey Mike City game of the week. LCC at Mira Mesa. Mira Mesa getting their first win against Otay Ranch. I love the Tyson line versus Chris Brown connection. You know, I think they're phenomenal together. But LCC, I mean, they are a team that could be creeping into our top 10 rankings and even higher every week. I know they had a bad loss, but I still think they're phenomenal and very well-rounded this year. Yeah, LCC, you talk about well-rounded, well well-balanced on the offensive side. Uh, quarterback that stands tall in the pocket, and they can also run the rock as well. LCC, we talked about the top six. They're just on the outside of that for me. They sit at seven right now. And against a Mira Mesa team that is putting up a lot of points, Tyson Line, Chris Brown, statistically one of the better duos in the county so this is gonna be a fun one to watch and LCC can put up points absolutely I like uh, I like what Roth has been able to do at quarterback as yeah. well um, but it's just I think this LCC team they might be just a little bit too much for Mira Mesa you know I think they're a little too well-rounded on the defensive side as well I, I would probably predict LCC to come out on top in this one if Mira Mesa can pull out the win that would be a big upset for Mira Mesa I think LCC just has the edge as well
Absolutely. Now we get on to, or no, we already covered the East County game nice. of the week. I will be covering the Eastlake game as they mm -hmm. will be playing against Granite Hills before I go to the Dine and Dash with Montgomery. It's going to be at a sushi place, so it's going to be interesting to see how, oh. I, how I steal some sushi. I don't know if I go to Chopsticks or, <laughs> yeah, right. or how I'm going to pull that off. How's your but Chopstick game? How, we're about to find out. Yeah, right. <laughs> right <at night. laughs> we talk about test weeks. This yeah. is going to be your test for the chopsticks. Yeah, test week with Dine and Dash and sushi. It was raising the bar. I don't here. think that's ever been done for a Dine and Dash. I, I'm not trying to pull it off. Maybe right. I have to have someone holding uh, a little bit of soy sauce in the air, right. see if I can pull it oh, off good luck with without that. making a whole bunch of mess. Right. Uh, but also, I'm trying to see where this East Lake team is going to be because that'll be the game I'll be filming first. Uh, obviously, I, I'm really high on the Eagles. I'm a big fan of what they're building at Granite Hills. But Eastlake, coming off a bad loss against Del Norte, you were there. Um, kind of what was your biggest takeaway for them? Eastlake always plays tough, and they're banged up. We talk about four of their five top guys coming into this season, and they're all hurt. So the fact that they kept that game that close was impressive to me. We know they play well defensively. It's whether they can get that offense going. And Eastlake always plays best at home. So... Granite Hills is the heavy favorite. There's no doubt about that. But for whatever reason, Eastlake just always plays strong at home. And I see uh, a, a similar match against, or I see a similar game in what they did against El Norte. Okay, that's good to know. And yeah. you know, I'm I'm probably expecting Granite Hills to go out there and have a big performance. Everyone is, especially yeah. after a very close game. But I want to see some fight out of Eastlake. And Del Norte had a tough time running the ball against yeah. Eastlake. They did have a couple big runs, but majority of the game they had to rely on their passing game to get them downfield. Well, that's always something I look forward to. Yeah. Something in the trenches. But as for right now, that'll do for Let's us. And this this will talk about our South Bay game of the week. Oh yeah, your South yeah. Bay. I apologize. How can you forget about I the South Bay, game, South Bay, of Bay no. game of the week? El Cajon Valley at Montgomery. Yeah. You know what is your Anticipation going into this one. Montgomery, we always know, can hold teams to very yeah. low scores. El Cajon Valley coming in this one, two and one. Montgomery, one and two. And when you talk about the Aztecs at home, they always play better. They're one and zero oh at home this year. It's been a two quarterback system for Montgomery. Senior quarterback Diego Villanueva has been more efficient as a passer, completing 65% of his passes. But the one who's been getting more run is sophomore quarterback Andy DeAnda. Coach DeMarco Sampson as offensive coordinator just loves that dual threat quarterback. He's averaging five and a half yards per carry, second on the team with 156 rushing yards. And they always rely on their running game. Senior running back Jose Guadalupe is their bell cow, 250 rushing yards on 41 carries. And the speedster on the outside, Eric Brown leading the team with 13 receptions. Six-year head coach Nick Osborne of El Cajon Valley, this has been one of his better starts to the season. And that success revolves around senior quarterback Derek Dubose, dual-threat quarterback leading the team in rushing yards and touchdowns. The team feeds off of his energy and big playability. So when I look at it, which team is going to have the bigger plays, right? And Derek Dubose is that one player that can break open a tied game with a couple really big plays. So whether Montgomery can put a stand on that, we'll see. But teams that always play best at home, Montgomery, Eastlake, those South Bay teams always seem to play better. This one's going to be a, a fun one. When we talk about teams that are often overlooked, El Cajon Valley is that team in the division. I agree. Where, you know, 2-1 and one to start the season, and they play well on defense, they play well on offense. So that's going to be a, a good one in the South Bay. I feel like that's always the breaking point for teams is like, Yes, you have a great offense, but then when you run into Montgomery, the final score is 12 to 9. Right. You know, I feel like that's how it always goes. Yeah, so time of possession is always big. Big time with, with Montgomery. And I, I might be seeing a similar situation here. Um, until I see this Montgomery defense break, 
I'm going to side with yeah. them, especially at, at home. But uh, as for now, that will do for PPR podcast number 118. Stay tuned for tomorrow for PPR podcast number 119 with Paul and Bert. Uh, if you guys have any questions that you want answered on our podcast, always feel free to DM me. I don't know if you want to DM Bo, but if not, you can always DM me as well. We'll see if we can read them on the on the podcast as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, whether you want to send those right now or after Friday nights or Saturday <laughs> nights, just feel free, and we'll see if we get it on the podcast. But for now, that'll do it.